Today's guest wants us to understand that no matter the challenges and the troubles you've encountered, they have brought you to this moment, in this time, at this exact place, exactly as you are. We'll find out more about what he means in just a moment. Hello, everyone. This is Pamela Brewer welcoming you to this edition of Mind Talk. We are joined today by Lee McCormick, who, with an impressive array of co-authors, created the Heart Reconnection Guidebook. Lee, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Lee, tell us a tiny bit about your co-authors. Who are they? Oh, gosh. I could I can talk a lot more about them than I can myself. Um just a Joan tiny Borsinko. bit. <laughs> yeah, what Joan Borsinko, um, which Joan is just an, a brilliant, incredibly accomplished scientist and psychologist and just a real heart-oriented um, um, human. You know, I would call her a professional, but she's not limited to her profession. She's just a great person has written probably 15 or 16 books. Um, Holly Cook, who is a therapist that I, that we work together at our Integrative Life Center in Nashville. Um, Mary Faulkner, who is the primary writer on the book with me. Um, Mary is also a therapist. Mary and I have co-written a couple, another book together, The Spirit Recovery Medicine Bag. And then Will Tagle, who is a Ph.D. psychologist that lives in the Hill country in texas um and is another really unique master um therapist and just a a very soulful human being um so there were a couple other people but that's the core of the group that that this idea came out of we were all together in santa fe at a conference and having a conversation around really around the nature of how the mental health addictions world is has in has gotten stuck in the paradigm that we're in and the points of view that we're operating from and that clearly there's something missing because our outcomes have not improved much over the last 40 years um and that you know that's just that's not okay and that uh between us we had we had a lot of similar perspectives on what is what could be missing um and how we might raise the level of engagement and and end up with better outcomes for folks than than the traditional points of view Um, you know one of the things that struck me um as i looked at uh you and you and your history which is certainly full and impressive and that of your co-authors is that while this is in the scheme of things a you know a fairly small book it is certainly chock full of a lot a great deal of wisdom i, I want to take you back to the words i quoted just at the beginning of our conversation no matter the challenges you are brought to this moment in this time exactly as you are what point is being made here well you know in our life every moment literally every day in our life we hold the power of choice we hold the power of our awareness and we hold the power 
to make a decision um, to to step into whatever the frame of our life happens to look like, whatever's going on, good, bad, right, wrong, otherwise, whatever's happening in our life, our awareness and our willingness to own our reality in this moment empowers us then to to address whatever might be going on that's just simply not working for us. You know, any way that we're going against ourselves, any challenges, whether it's it's just you're unhappy, you're anxious, you're dealing with an addiction or any kind of a of a mental health challenge, um, an eating disorder, whatever your reality might be, you have within you the power to bring your awareness into the moment and bring the power of choice into the moment and begin to address and shift and change the dynamic of your life. And, you know, for so many people that would be almost the good news and the bad news. It's good news because we can, in fact, affect our own change in our own lives. Bad news because now it means we've got responsibility to do those things if we so choose. Well, of course, it, that's exactly exactly right as far as I'm concerned. You know, each of us is living a life that's the result of the choices that we've made. Um, it's just simple cause and effect. And yes, we do have all kinds of experiences in our life that um, that we're not 100% responsible for. All kind of bad things happen to good people. You know, we're born into, into challenging situations or we inherit challenging positions, you know, in family or in culture. Um, so there's a lot of inherited challenge that comes with our legacy, our individual legacies of being human. And we still are 100% responsible for how we respond to our experiences in life. And that, that responsibility is a responsibility of empowerment, not a responsibility of victimization or judgment or, or um, powerlessness. It's literally that in how we respond to life, that characterizes the nature of the relationship that we're going to live with ourselves first and then our relationship to the world around us. And we're not taught that. You know, there's so much victim orientation woven into our culture and woven into the beliefs that we're domesticated with growing up. Um, and victimization is, is really a curse because it, it disempowers us to the fact that regardless of what happens to us, we have within us the ability to address that, to come to terms with it, and most importantly, we have the opportunity to hold the awareness that I am not the experiences that I have in the world. I'm the one having the experience. And my experiences and my choices in life do not define me. They define the quality and the character of the life that I'm creating. If you understand what I'm saying, I'm not the life I'm creating. I'm the one that creates it. So the quality of my life is going to be directly reflected and the quality of my relationship with myself and the quality of the awareness that I have around how powerful 
my responsibility is and how I live in relation to the choices that I make and the cause and effect of, of how I move through the world. Lee, we're, we're going to take a break in a minute, but I'm going to come back to this, uh, to the comment that you just made, because I want to explore it a little bit more. I also want to let our listeners know that as you and I are talking, um, I know that you are in transit. So every now and then we hear a little tweak in in um, our conversation. I just want the listeners to know it's not them. It's all good. (laughs) Folks, this is Pamela Brewer, and we will be back in just a moment. Leo, I want to go back to uh, a a couple of uh, points that you made. You, at one point, used the word judgment and the fact that, you know, you're not talking about, nor do we need to be burdened as a people by judgment. On the other hand, we are living in a world that has, it's not just begun. It's a long-standing experience, I would suggest, of human beings that we certainly know how to judge ourselves and know how to judge others, and harshly so. So with our lived experience of being almost encouraged uh, to judge ourselves and others and find ourselves and others wanting. And then up against that, your suggestion that we do have choices, I I wonder how many people would then begin to judge themselves for what they perceive to be their negative choices, and then really get involved in a lot of self-blaming concepts and behavior. Oh, well, I think we see that all the time. I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, this relationship with judging ourselves and others, it's a learned behavior. Um, I do not believe that it is natural other than our mind is quite comfortable with projecting judgment, you know, whether it's on ourselves or on other people. Um, the heart doesn't judge. You know, our heart and soul, that anchor place of our spirit, there's no judgment in that. Judgment is, is an aspect of the way the mind operates, the way the human mind works. Um, and we have over, you know, over generations become so intellectually and mind-focused that we really expect our mind, our knowledge, our thought to be responsible for us, that we should figure out who we are. We should... We, you know, figure out who you want to be, figure out how to get there. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a constant redirecting our attention as we grow up to, well, you need to think about that. Um, it's very rare that you hear someone in our culture say, well, let's shift our attention into our body. And, and how does that feel? How does the thought of, how does the, the thought of, of of marrying this person or how does the thought of that career or how does the thought of that food choice, um, you know, how does that feel? 
And what our culture does not acknowledge is the depth of wisdom that is that's present in our connection to our physical body and in our connection to what what we are calling in the heart reconnection guidebook what we are calling our heart center um so we live from the neck up you know our culture lives from the neck up we're incredibly reactive we're defensive um we we become incredibly attached to the roles that we're living as though the role we live or how well we live our role defines our value as a person. Um, you know, we're, we're just, we live in a very out of balance relationship to life in the nature of how much power and how much we demand that our reason and our knowledge and our mind must be the source of our answers and our solutions and our choices. And so we're, we're really half-baked living that way if you drop into your body and there's practices in our book you know that that focus on this but when you come back into your intuition and you come back into your heart and you come back into a feeling sense of how your choices feel there's a completely different context and depth of awareness in that than there is in the simply simply living from our reason and, and the knowledge of the mind. The mind is inherently anxious and inherently judgmental. And it's, you know, I don't, I don't know that that's a natural state of the mind. I think that's developed over generations of, of trying to use the mind as the resource for everything in our life. Um, and our mind was not created to be a singular resource. The depth of our heart and soul and spirit, our connection to life, um, through our soul is all anchored in our heart and our body. You say that we disconnect from our heart for many reasons, but you say that the one thing uh, that they kind of boil that it kind of boils down to is a variation on one theme, which is a really powerful, exhausting theme, and that is that I'm not good enough as I am. Uh, you know, as I know you know in your work, I certainly see it in my practice literally all the time. This notion that I am not good enough as is really can be debilitating. Well, sure it is. I mean, imagine that's, that's an agreement that we make with ourselves. Huh. And, you know, and that agreement is typically made at a very young age, you know, because we're born into a world where love is so incredibly conditional and acceptance and value is all so incredibly conditional that, um, you know, and we as parents, until we wake up to this for ourselves, of course, we just pass on the way we were raised to our children and nobody's doing this you know, out of meanness or spite or neglect. It's just we don't question the legacies that we inherit. We don't really question them. We may question aspects of it, but we don't question the foundation of these legacies. So if I'm raised to believe that, well, for me to be good enough, I have to make games. I can't make A's and B's or C's. Or, you know, I've got to be the starting quarterback. Or I've got to my, – my body has to look a particular way. Um, I've got to be thin. I've got to be beautiful. 
I've got to be smart. Um, I've got to be cool, whatever that might mean. And so our relationship with ourselves is really seated in judgment and how well am I measuring up against the, the expectations or the demands or the rules of my family or my religion or my school or my community. You know, so we're really indoctrinated to live from a place of fear and to live from a place of everything is conditional. And once that, once that way of living, once that network of agreements is accepted and we buy into it and we empower that, once we go there, it's, it's pretty much locked into our psyche. It's locked in to our body. It's locked into our mind until we find the opportunity to come back and intentionally question that basis, that, that way of living life and holding life and moving through life. You know, that's, that's a big piece of what I call the journey of waking up is realizing that it's me judging me far more than anybody else. And if I break the pattern of living in constant judgment of myself, then I will, I will eventually stop buying into others' judgments of me. People can surely judge me. You know, people judge me all the time. I don't care because it's, it's not – my relationship with myself is not based in their opinion of me. My relationship with myself is based in my relationship with myself. You know, it's it's almost hard to imagine how amazingly and profoundly different our world would be if we were all walking in the notion that we are good enough as is. It would just change so much. There would be so much more peace and openness and awareness and wisdom. It's almost inconceivable. Well, wouldn't it be amazing if that's what our religions were teaching, if, if what our religions had taught us as children instead of our religions teaching us a perspective of life based in judgment and fear? Absolutely. I mean, what if you were, what if you were raised being told that, you know what, Creator, God created you with an innate value, and your journey in this world is to discover the value that you have within you, because Creator did not make mistakes you're not a mistake and each of us is unique each every human being that's ever come into this world is a unique human being all of us have unique relationships within our family within our community with ourselves you know you can have three or four kids grow up in the same household and what you have is three or four completely unique experiences going on absolutely yeah so what if that script was what if we change that script? And it's simply, it's simply a matter of us realizing, oh, my gosh, you know, there's a choice here. What if I believe that the one that created me actually did create me with value and that my value in this world is not questioned, that, that God's never going to question my value and that I really there's nothing to prove in this world other than the gift of my life is the opportunity for me to live as great a life as I choose to bring as much love or creativity or strength or whatever it is I bring into the world that 
my role here is to be 100% me and to live from a place of honesty and integrity from the inside out. It would completely change the whole human experience. Absolutely. And in such amazing and powerful and in ways that, again, you really open up not only to yourself but to the world around you. You you talk about learning the power of questions. And one of the questions that you sort of guide uh, the, the reader through is, it's a simple question, but it's not at all a simple answer. Where is my attention? We're going to take a break, but when we come back, what I'd like to ask you is, what does that mean? Tell us the process of asking oneself, where is my attention? How do we move into that question in a way that's really filled with curiosity and not the chatter of judgment that we often find ourselves holding on to or or accepting from others. Folks, this is Pamela Brewer. You're listening to Mind Talk. I am having a conversation with Lee McCormick. Lee is the author of with with several impressive um really clinicians, theoreticians. He is the one of the authors of the Heart Reconnection Guidebook, which really takes you on an important inner journey and I would suggest opens up your life and your awareness in a way that only benefits you and the people around you. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. So, Lee McCormick, as one goes through the Heart Reconnection Guidebook, one of the questions is, where is my attention? It's a simple question, but not so much. It actually opens up layer upon layer. Tell us about that question and what you want us to do with it. One of the greatest tools that we have, one of the most powerful aspects of of us as human beings is our ability to direct our attention. What am I giving my attention to? And to become conscious and aware of what I'm giving my attention to. And then to, to develop a practice with that. Well, what happens is the world we live in has become like a, a, there's a mastery of hooking people's attention. You know, you see it on television with TV commercials, with ads that pop up on the Internet. Um, There's so many, I guess you could say, forces out there. It sounds like Star Wars. There's so <laughs> many There's so many entities in the world that are vying to hook our attention because in order to sell us something, you, we need to be able to, you need to hook someone's attention in order to convey a message. So what happens with us largely in life is that we're not taught growing up 
that we have a responsibility to ourselves to become a master of awareness and what we're giving our attention to in any given moment and to practice that ability so that if I want to sit in a classroom or I'm in a conversation with someone or I'm reading a book or I'm simply thinking about something, I am aware of the fact that my attention is completely focused right here, right now. And what happens is by not having been taught to be responsible in how we direct our attention, our attention ends up, it ends up being loose as such. And then our attention's open and it just gets hooked by whatever's going on around us. So you see it today a lot with, you know, with our cell phones and all our handheld devices. And you're, you're, watch people in a restaurant, just go sit in a restaurant, turn your phone off and watch people, how they're having a conversation. And then they're flipping over and checking their phone. And then, you know, we're, we, we become very scattered and, and our attention is flying all over the place. And then we wonder, well, why am I anxious? You know, I wonder why, why can't I keep a focus? Why can't I sit down and read a book for an hour without needing to get up and go do this? The, the next thought that pops in my head, um, hooking my attention and taking me out of that moment. So in the journey of reconnecting to our heart and spirit, in the, the evolution of our relationship to our awareness, practicing directing our attention is a key tool in that. Because our attention, whatever we give attention to, we literally feed on in one aspect. If I'm giving my attention to a teacher, then I'm taking a message from that teacher. If I'm giving my attention to a television station, then I'm taking in the energy that's being conveyed in those messages. Um, if I'm giving my attention to the loops of thought in my own mind, you know, we were talking about basically negative self-talk and the judgments that we hold about ourselves. Well, those loops of thought run in our mind. And if every time a thought comes up, that's about me judging myself or my not good enough or my fears. If those thoughts pop up and my attention immediately goes into that thought, then I'm energetically feeding on that frequency of that thought, that frequency of the fear or the anger or the anxiousness. We feed on the objects of our attention and consequently the quality of my experience in any given moment can largely be based in the quality of what am I giving my attention to. And we can learn to break those patterns and those habits. We can learn to shift our attention. Uh, you know, a thought of an old trauma can come up. It immediately hooks our attention. We have an emotional reaction to that memory just as though that memory happened yesterday or was happening now. And that feeling runs through our body again. That emotional energy runs through our body again. Well, you can interrupt that loop. When that old memory comes up, you simply develop the awareness of, you know what, I'm not giving that my attention right now. It's not real today. It's not true today. And I want to stop feeding that memory. I want to stop giving it energy. That's just one example. And it certainly is a powerful example. I, I certainly think about a lot of trauma victims and just the awareness that 
it's not happening to me right now. It is not happening to me today is hugely freeing when they can tolerate taking that in. Lee, how does one find out more about the Heart Reconnection Guidebook and all the wonderful things you're doing? Um, you can find me um, at integrativelifecenter.com. It's integrativelifecenter.com. That's our treatment program in Nashville. Um, and you can also connect to me through spiritrecovery.com. The book is on the Spirit Recovery website. Um, the Heart Reconnection Guidebook is. And, you know, the, the book is out there. Our publisher is, um, is Health Communications. So the book is in distribution. Wonderful. Um, and I'm also a I'm also a Facebook guy. It's Lee Richard McCormick. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for the wisdom that you and your colleagues have shared with us inside the pages of Heart Reconnection Guidebook. Oh, you're so welcome, Pamela. Thank you. And folks, thank you for joining us today on this edition of Mind Talk. Mind Talk is brought to you daily as an educational public service, and it is not intended to replace any work that you might choose to do with a medical, mental health, or other professional. Mind Talk is produced by Jim Brown and 26 by 2 Communications and is available to you on demand by going to any number of sources, including the Mind Talk page, the home page m-y-n-d-t-a-l-k dot o-r-g there's a free mind talk app uh, regardless of the platform your phone uh, resides with uh, there are certainly many other platforms that uh, you can access mind talk from itunes iHeartRadio, spreaker you name it we're there uh, alexa we're all over the place so please take advantage of uh, all the conversations that are available and if you'd like to be in touch with me directly by all means send an email to pamela p-a-m-e-l-a at mindtalk.org again that's m-y-n-d-t-a-l-k dot org and you remember always if it's unacceptable then it's unacceptable. You take care.